Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. It's July 5th, or as the British call it, the day after a bad breakup and you realize you're better off. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine. It is uh, Tuesday, July 5th. Yeah, summertime is here. Uh, In uh, pipe parts this week, I'm going to go through this big pile of goodies that we've got here donated for the JDRF auction. And then as soon as I go through it, we're packing it up and sending it off to Steve Fallon. And uh, so more on that. Uh, My guest is uh, Fred Hanna. Yep, two more questions inside Fred's head as we get through these. (laughs) This one's quite funny, one of them, because we go after straight grains. Yeah, so you get that. Um, music, mailbag, and I'll warn you right now, a, uh, a highly volatile loaded rant that may not be suitable for everybody's ears. So as we get to the rant time, if you've got, uh, you know, if you're not comfortable with some uh, angry words, well, then uh, just turn the rant off. But yeah, it's, a, it's fairly loaded. So more on that. All right, um, as we're as I'm recording this, I am waiting for a phone call or email from the Palace Station in Las Vegas to expand. That's right, expand the uh, room block because apparently we have sold out a couple of nights and we are getting close on a couple others. So great response on the West Coast Pipe Show. Lots of rooms blocked. If you are still contemplating coming and uh yep we'll have more rooms available for you uh but uh book soon book as soon as you can and we also have if you prepay your admission online before september 21st uh you'll get entered into a four pipe raffle set it's a it's a four pipe set that will be raffled away and it's only going to those that uh Prepay their admissions by September 21st. All kinds of information available at VegasPipeShow.com. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents, and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes. Wherever you come from, whosoever you be. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, JDRF auction items. And remember, these items, the tins of tobacco, will be on the pipestud.com website starting on uh july 16th in the morning uh make sure that you sign up for steve's emails for his first responders so that you get notification exactly of what's coming but these will go up july 16th and then the pipes and accessories will go on to his pipestud.com his pipestud ebay store and sold at auction whatever the maximum bid is wins it 
And remember, 100% of what you bid or what you pay for with uh, the pipe stud, he turns around and donates all that to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Steve pays all of the eBay fees, the PayPal fees, and the shipping. So you, whatever you pay gets donated directly to JDRF. So thank you, Steve, for all that. Uh, starting off the list of items, for me, is a... Uh, <laughs> is one of the two Morgan bones that I was sent. So thank you, Chris. This one's a uh, bent Dublin with a you know with some nice nice ring grain to it. Uh, sure, it's going to smoke really well. From my friend Ed at Dark Fired Leather is one of his uh, brown alligator three pipe cases that's big enough for three pipes, a couple of accessories, and of course it's made with all those details that Ed puts into it, and it's really good looking. And uh, luckily, it's not my, uh, you know, one of my pipe bags because otherwise I'd be buying it. And some tobacco from Mr. and Mrs. Spike. You know who you are. Uh, a tin of Dunhill. That's right, Dunhill. Dunhill Royal Yacht, a 50 gram tin. And then a 100 gram tin of McClellan Christmas Cheer 2017. So that's the last year of Christmas Cheer. So if you missed out, here's a chance for you to get the last year. From. Uh, Robert Vacher of Laughing Moon Pipes. Again, this year he sent us one of his handmade pipes, brand new, unsmoked, a, a straight, stocky Dublin with a beautiful blue stem and pipe bag. And again, so when you get a guy like like Ed or like uh, Robert Vacher, who are you know, artisans and they give you something that they've handmade, I mean that's yeah, really it it means a lot to me. So. Uh, this pipe will go up on eBay for whatever it ends up as. Uh, speaking of pipes, the collectible of this is from Jim. And Jim sent in a pre-transition Barling Bulldog. It's been smoked, but this is a EXEL TVF uh, shape 260, I believe, if I can read that correctly. This is all pre-transition fossil and the stem is in good shape, so this is going to be a collectible for sure with a, with a lot of years of smoking left in it. And from Miguel in Canada, these came all the way from the far west coast of Canada, are uh, two pipes, two Savinelli's. One is a, uh, is a slightly bent poker with a military mount, and boy, I can't tell. This, this looks completely unsmoked, but... It is a uh, Savinelli, if I can get the angle right here, I can tell you it's a rusticated Eleganza, made in Italy, the 310 shape. And then the other one has been smoked, but still lightly smoked and pretty good, in really good condition. A bent apple, and this is the uh, Savinelli, and I can't read that because, boy, my eyes are getting bad. But, oh, okay, there it is, the Porto Servo. So two pipes... One unsmoked, one smoked from Miguel. So thank you, Miguel, for those. Really appreciate it, especially all the shipping costs from Canada. From Robert, we have another Chris Morgan's Bones Pipe. But this one's really cool in that it looks like it's got some of the phrasing marks left in it. It's a bent apple. This has got to be something special because, I mean, again, it's got some of the bowl phrasing marks from where it was sitting in the chuck and where they turned the top of the bowl and the shank. So really cool kind of funky design. And again, it's 100% unsmoked. So thank you very much for sending that. Uh, really just cool looking design to it. And then we have two tins of tobacco from Nick who sent them a McBaron roll cake from July of 2010. So it's 12 years old. It's the 100 gram tin and it is sucked down really tight. So I'm telling you, that is going to be good and sealed. And then another tin from... <laughs> from McClelland, Frog Morton, 100 gram tin from 1999. So that tin is now 23 years old of Frog Morton, uh, guaranteed to be a, uh, you know, guaranteed to be something special because, you know, can't get any more. And then finally, the Peace Day Resistance from uh, Ron Malone. Ron sent in a big pile of stuff, and he's a very big supporter of his local JDRF chapter, so thank you for sending all these in, too. But to start off with, we have a 50-gram tin of Bob's Chocolate Flake that's a brand new, and uh, 
you know, just new production, but still hard to get a hold of. Cornell and Deal Small Batch Sun Bear from 2019. Uh, Nording's Hunter's Blend. This is the Cyprian Latakia English Blend made by McClelland in 2010 for Eric Nording. And then speaking of McClellan, we have a 100-gram tin of mixture number 12. That's the Oriental and the Green Label from 2017. A Christmas Cheer from 2016. A Christmas Cheer from 2001 and a 100-gram tin. A 100-gram tin of Virginia number 24 from McClellan from 2016. So, I mean, we're talking some hard-to-get stuff. And then we have a Sutliff Kringle Flake from 2021, a Dunhill Elizabethan. Uh, no idea what year it is, but it is Dunhill, and it was and it's manufactured in the EU. So uh, Steve will know better about that. Uh, McBaron's Royal Twist Deluxe. This is a hundred gram tin from last year, and the 2021 limited edition of McBaron's Burley London Blend. Uh, again, canned in 2020. Uh, so all that from Ron. So thank you very much. Thank you to everybody that donated. And again, the items will end up on uh, Steve Fallon's eBay site. The uh, the pipes and accessories will be there on the bidding. will start on July 16th and end seven days later. The tins of tobacco will be on the pipestud.com website on the morning of the 16th. So keep an eye out for them. And thank you again to everybody. And in just a moment, we'll be back with uh, me and Fred Hanna. This is Internet Radio. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and here is uh, question number one of Inside uh, Fred's Head. All right, Fred, the uh, the next question that you wrote down is, um, what is your best advice to listeners on how to smoke a bowl with few or no relights? And I've only got one suggestion for them, so you go first. Well, this is not going to be a long one. Yeah. Because I'm probably one of the worst people to talk to about this. Yeah. But I know that it's a big issue. There's a lot of... Uh, um, pipe smokers who literally focus on um, as as a kind of attainment, actually, the ability to smoke a bowl with one match, or maybe with one, you know, charring light, and then one match after that. And there are some people who who, are, who do this, and they're good at it. Um, I I believe that it's all in the packing. Um, and I confess that I'm just a sloppy pack, uh, packer. Yeah. And um, I have, uh, I even invented a different kind of packing, which I think is great. Sometimes I'm just too lazy to use it. Um, so I'm not, I'm just, I pose that question, but I'm not the best guy to answer it. Um, there are several other guys in the hobby who, who are far, far more qualified than me to answer that one what do you think man i think it comes down to uh to three things i think one it comes down to the moisture level in the of the tobacco yeah uh, that's a good point the wetter the the wetter the tobacco the harder it is to keep lit the if it's too dry it's going to burn too fast and so on and so on uh yeah. i think it comes down to getting your packing technique so that it's as even as possible yeah, so that you, so that you keep them. You know, so that there's enough air in there, um, and and then uh, uh, and then lastly, I think it comes down to not over tamping. Uh, I think most people tamp too aggressively, and that compresses the bowl. 
uh, I think my answer to all of this is in reality, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I would rather, yeah. I, I like the way my pipes smoke with my, with my packing technique, which doesn't, you know, which doesn't work for, for a long, for a single match, you know, one match and done kind of bowl. Cause I try to get a little bit more tobacco in there than, than I think I should really. Um, uh -huh. and I like the process of tamping and relighting. I, I also don't like the idea of keeping a pipe and, you know, keeping a pipe going for 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half with just one bowl without taking a break from it. Uh, that's just not me. So yeah. Sorry yeah, folks. I, if you're looking for words of wisdom from me, I'd say don't stress about it. Tamp and relight and use a pipe cleaner and you get a better tasting smoke in my opinion than you do stressing and worrying about getting it to burn all the way down with one match. I totally agree. And, um, I have had this discussion with <clears throat> a lot of, uh, you know, well-known guys in the field. I don't want to say their names, but, um, where they, where we just sit with ourselves and shake our heads and say, you know, why this, um, obsession with, the um one light bowl and um maybe you know somebody would say well that's because you suck at it fred well okay maybe yeah but i don't mind relighting the pipe i mm -mm. uh i'm just careful when i do i'm careful not to have too much flame there um you know because the too much flame is will of course hurt the pipe but I just barely touched the the uh, tobacco for a relight, and um, my pipe smoked great, so I'm not worried about about that aspect of it. But it really is um, a big issue for some guys, yeah. and 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 I think it boils down to um, what some people might call uh, pipe smoking skill, and in other words, the most skilled pipe pipe smoker would be um, somebody who uses the few, the fewest uh, lights, you know, whether from a match or a lighter or whatever. And I'm not from that school, but I respect it. I can see how some people would want to develop that skill. Sure. Why not? And by the way, the point you made about the moisture in the tobacco is huge. Because right. um, I've smoked bowls bone dry. And then some that are too moist. And you're right. If, if it's bone dry, it's going to burn really fast. And really and bad. <laughs> really fast. And, um, you know, our Fred, uh, Fred Janusik, I mean, that guy, he, uh, you could have autumn leaves out in your yard for two weeks to the point of just being crunchy, bone dry. <laughs> and that's the way Fred likes his tobacco. So... <laughs> And I, you know, Fred, Fred is a mentor to me. I mean, I've known the guy now for, let me think, oh my God, over 40 years. Um, and uh, uh, I've learned a lot from him. And, but my view is um, you enjoy the pipe. That's the whole purpose. Um, or what's your purpose? Well, maybe it's to develop the skill. Because there are skills for smoking a pipe. There's no question about that. The question is, what your, what's your priority, the skill or the enjoyment? Do you know I've only entered two pipe smoking contests in all my life? And <laughs> and I've, only, I've entered them for two. One, I entered because there wasn't enough people and they needed other entries in order to, I don't know, they had pipes so they wanted to sell them. And the other one was because I wanted the pipe. And uh -huh. both times my goal was not to be the first one out. That was it. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't do that. I don't fuss over it, but yeah, I could see where somebody would say, you know what? Uh, tamping and lighting a pipe is such a hassle. I wish I could develop a way to where, you know, I pack the bowl. I do the, I do the pack. I do the tamp and the, you know, and light it and tamp it and go. And I'm good for the next 45 minutes or an hour of smoking and I wish I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, re I remember <clears throat> there were times when I was trying to work on, um, you know, keeping the pipe lit and all that many years ago. 
And I remember if something like a phone call happened or some, you know, my wife called me or something like that, I remember being irritated because it meant that I had I had to put my, my pipe out or put it down and, and it, of course, would go out on its own. And then one day I thought to myself, I'm getting a little too obsessive here, damn yeah. it. You know, if the pipe goes out to hell with it, you know, I'm not supposed to make every smoke perfect. Um, so uh, I learned a lot from that, actually. I've had the reverse of that happen where I've wanted to, you know, I've packed a pipe because I'm going to sit down and do something or I'm going to work on something or I'm going to watch something, whatever. I've, I've packed a pipe and I've lit it. And the bowl is going so good that I completely lost track of the other thing that I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> I just had one of those, one of those ultra magic bowls where it just, you know, whatever the, you know, the cosmos and the birds were singing and, you know, and everything was bright and rainbows were fluffy and, you know, all of a sudden I am just lost on this bowl of tobacco and, now I've spent zero, you know, whatever time I've just lost all that because maybe I was supposed to be writing an email or something, and no, nope, forty-five minutes, hours gone by. I've tamped and relit probably, but that bowl was going so good I was just completely lost in it. Yeah, and <clears throat> that's another uh, thing I talk about this in in the book that um, many briar pipes have what's called a sweet spot. Mm -hmm. and you know like there's first of all like there's a magic pipe which we've talked about um previously that just is great um no matter what tobacco you put into it it sings um but then there's another where i call sweet spots and certain pipes have certain regions or areas of the bowl where it just all comes together maybe even for 15 20 minutes or less but you just, it, at that point, you are just in a state of pure experience, to borrow uh, the great uh, philosopher William James's um, phrase, where you're just in the, how, how can we call it, the, the pipe zone, maybe, yeah. um, where everything is, you're just in a realm of no thought and pure experience. And... Those moments are magical, and there's very few things. You know, we talked about what is it about a pipe that changes your life. Um, well, those moments are very rare in life. And <clears throat> I can honestly say that I feel very, very fortunate because I've had more than my share of those moments. But um, when those moments are, you know, because of a pipe, wow. You know, you don't forget those times. And then the next time you look at that pipe, you, that pipe, you just smile to yourself and say, damn, I got <laughs> that going for me. <laughs> I've had those moments while I'm driving. <laughs> no, no, officer, I wasn't drunk. I'm having a magic pipe moment. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think we covered that one fairly well. We're no help to anybody. But uh, yeah, I think yeah. We, I think yeah. we did that one service. Yeah. And we'll be back in just a minute with one more question from Inside Fred's Head. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345.
We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and here comes question number two. This one's a long one, and it tackles uh, Fred's love of straight grains. And the next question from inside Fred's head is, this is only you, Fred. (laughs) Um, Why is straight grain generally the most desirable grain pattern? And, And let me just state up front, although it's not my diehard desired preference like a certain other person that's uh, on this conversation with me um but it is the most expensive finish so therefore it must be the most desirable because pipe makers charge more for straight grains except for one certain uh wood sprite from vermont that we know of so (laughs) anyway Um, Fred, why uh, why is straight grain generally the most desirable grain pattern? Well, that's a very, very, very interesting um, point. I'm going to give you uh, my perspective, and I'm going to be very interested in yours. Mm-hmm. Um, the The goal of any artisan pipe maker is to produce a straight grain. Why is that? Because it's the most expensive, and the pipe maker can get the more more money for that um, more expensive pipe, yeah. and that straight grain is um, a- appealing in a number of ways. One is it's uh, it has a symmetry to it. It has uh, every. By the way, you know, having collected straight grains now since around 1974 or five, um, I can say that um, no two are alike. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a it's a misnomer or a myth that a straight grain is a straight grain. I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that all straight grains look alike, and I'm totally convinced that they never looked at a straight grain um, or maybe more than one. Uh because I have lots of straight grains and have owned hundreds and hundreds of straight grains over the years, and I've never seen two or that are alike. Um, so the the point is is that there's a symmetry to straight grain uh, harmony in the pattern that is, I believe, um, actually in some way stress reducing just to look at how the grain itself um, harmonizes and synthesizes with the shape of the pipe. And there's something uh, almost comforting about it. It's purely visual, of course. We, we have to say, when we talk about straight grains, we have to say that they don't smoke any better, or taste any better, or anything like that than other pipes. And uh, a, a lot of times, being a straight grain collector, people will actually accuse me of thinking that straight grains are better smokers and they you know walk up to me sometimes total strangers at shows and say you know you're the straight grain guy yeah mm-hmm, yeah i'm the straight grain guy. <laughs> and they say <clears throat> you know they they don't smoke any better than anything else and i said yeah and um because be- basically they must they somehow get this weird idea that I think straight grains smoke better. Now, as I think you and I have discussed in the past, mm-hmm. there is there, there was back in the 1970s and 80s a widespread belief among some pipe collectors that straight grains actually smoke better. And Carl Lewa, in his uh, uh, famous book, um, he said very, very specifically that straight grains distribute heat better in the wood and all that. And I've, you know, smoked a lot of different pipes trying to figure this out, and I see no evidence for that at all. But for me, it's just visual aesthetics. It's beautiful. And the other thing is, is that the that beauty, that desirability is what is in, in pipe makers' minds when they go to uh, cut a, a bowl, and they will actually make the shape of the pipe to match the grain. 
Now, now and, there are uh, there are exceptions to that rule because there are oh, pipe. And I was about to mention those, as a matter of fact. Yeah, because because we got pipe makers that want to make a you know that they're going for sand they're going for a ring a ring grain sandblast, or they're even going for like the blowfish where it's got to be a cross cut and and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, no yeah. question about it. And in fact, that's exactly where I was headed. Um, so, you know, you've got a pipe maker like Jimmy Cook who could give a tinker and dam yeah. about um, straight grain. And he, him and I joke um, because I tell him that, let me see, 1999. I originally asked him to make me a pipe in 1999 at the Richmond show. I remember it well. So what it is that now, may, close to 23 years later, I still haven't got a straight grain from him. Um, <laughs> could be he, he doesn't like laughed. you. Well, <laughs> that could be it. He can uh, join that big crowd out there. Yeah. Um, he doesn't care. And he jokes around and says, yeah, those are my seconds. And when I show him a nice straight grain, he says, oh, boy, this would have been a great sandblast. So, you know, we have a private joke. But I still have never seen the pipe. I do, however, have an incredible 1990s Jim Cook straight grain in an umpal shape that is just fantastic, man. Um, but anyway, that's for another time. Yeah. Uh, so the other option is that some pipe makers love bird's eye, and so do I. And I'm going to say this now to you, first time in public, that there are many times when I've seen an utterly fantastic bird's eye pipe that you refer to as a cross grain, but um, that's often in a blowfish shape, but also more often not in a blowfish shape. Well, you just got those little tiny bird's eyes um, crowding each other out, fighting for space. It's almost a three-dimensional picture of bacteria. I don't know if you've ever seen these yeah. under a microscope. And they literally are fighting each other for space. And those bird's eyes are just fantastic. They're just beautiful and many times i have thought to myself in fact just i saw one just the other day i saw a winslow pipe on ebay that i thought boy oh boy wouldn't that be great maybe i should expand my collection to include bird's eyes and, uh -oh. huh uh-oh yeah i know but i uh I started to think about it. Should I buy this pipe? It had unbelievable bird's eye, three-dimensional bird's eyes in there, man. And finally, I thought to myself, you know, it just doesn't feel right, so I let it go. But many times I've seen, uh, I remember one pipe that was on smokingpipes.com. It was a Teddy, and it was uh, retailed for $26,000. <laughs> and, you know, so it was completely ridiculous. You know, I... I, uh, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, no, no, all I'm going to do is chuckle. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm not going to, you know, drop that kind of money or anywhere near, but it had really amazing bird's eye. So that, that brings up another point. See, we have the grain, straight grain should be tight. The, the strands of the grain should be, um, close knit not wide spaced um you know sometimes i've seen what i call the ebay straight grain where you have you know three strands of grain diagonal um on both sides of a pipe and then the the seller calls it 360 degree straight grain which of course <laughs> complete crap and but that's what i call the ebay straight grain where you know if, if anything vague i'm i remember <laughs> I remember a well-known eBay seller once, a few years ago. There was one strand of grain that went up one side of the pipe, and the guy called it a straight grain. Well, it did home. say it did say straight grain, not straight grains. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, anyway, it has to be very, very tight knit, where the light strands and dark strands. Um, are very, very, what's the word, distinct. Mm -hmm. And um, once again, you get that in a really good straight grain, you get that three-dimensional effect 
where the grains are, the grain, the strands, I call them, are so tight that it looks like that um, there's straight grain buried inside a straight grain. And that's that 3D effect that I think is um, remarkable. So that's another perspective in, in buying straight grains. The, uh, the, the other point here is that is the grain needs to be tied all together for some people. I know some collectors who they don't look for straight grain. They look for coverage of the bowl and the shank with grain. In other words, no what we call bald spots, no blank spots, no empty spots. Um, and very often those pipes with no grain end up getting rusticated, especially if they have a flaw or two. Um, and then, you know, speaking of flaws, sometimes a perfect straight grain, incredible straight grain, there's no such thing, by the way, as a perfect straight grain, but <laughs> sometimes an incredible straight grain um, has so many flaws that they just get sandblasted. And that brings out the grain in a different way. Now, I don't know why, Brian, and I know I'm weird here. I love, I love pipes. I love rusticated pipes and I love sandblasted pipes, but rusticated and sandblasted and sandblasted pipes don't look natural to me. They look uh, artificial. They look uh, to use a, a friend of mine's uh, recent term contrived. And because they sandblast does not occur in nature and neither does rustication. So, but the pure grain of the wood itself, is right there just all you need is uh you know some sanders and and some saws and there it is voila have you ever so, uh, in your in your uh, hippie travels of of old have you ever been to the uh, desert southwest of the united states i'm thinking like utah and uh, and the grand canyon yeah sure uh the grand canyon was carved by water that's uh -huh. that's kind of a rustication process and then a lot of those um uh, a lot of those uh you know mountain uh, a lot of those uh mountain forms in you know like monument valley and stuff like that those were beaten up over years by being blasted with the wind and sand in them so uh, yeah that's called erosion yeah well that's sandblasting and rusticating in nature so well rustication is <laughs> Does not occur in nature. <laughs> Certainly, erosion, erosion does. Have you course. ever seen what a beaver can do to a tree? I have indeed. That's rustication. <laughs> I've actually watched them. I, I'm that just... is not rustication. Those beavers do not decorate the wood. They cut them <laughs> with their teeth. I see. I... And I know you. I'm giving you credit here, Brian. You're getting real creative. Thank you. Um, but the the point is is that we're talking about briar and last i last i heard um even if the wood was um eroded the briar of course which is grows under the surface even if it was eroded uh a a, a pipe maker is going to cut that stuff away anyway yeah let, let's and answer. Uh, let's answer the question that you originally asked, though, because I'm holding you to the fire. <laughs> yeah. uh, the question originally is: Why is the straight grain pipe generally the most desirable grain pattern? And I and I think in order to answer that, do you remember when in pipe history the term straight grain was first used? Do you know? I've wondered about that. I'm glad you asked me that. I've wondered about that. Because um, I have seen, you know, old Sassinis yeah. uh, from the 40s stamp straight grain. Yeah. Barley occasionally stamped these pipes straight grain. They weren't really straight grains at all by our standards. They were, um, I mean, you know, and the classic is the Dunhill DR, which right. of course stands for dead root. Um, and those are laughable in terms of straight grain and Dunhill or now they call it white spot still releases DRs that have, you know, as much uh, straight grain as a piece of, uh, 
Um, <laughs> you know, just a, a painted yeah. white wall. Yeah, one um, star means one grain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. But I'll, I'm going to use that, Brian. I will cite you, of course. Yeah. But I'm going to use that. Um, so, the really to answer the question, then, as you said, I believe is what I said before. It's the symmetry. It's the pattern. It's the um, the beauty of the grain itself, and that's Briar at its best. Now, as far as bird's eye goes, I love bird's eye. I just think that, that it's mostly misplaced. It should be at the top of a pipe and the bottom of a pipe. <laughs> and some people get confused, and they want to put it on the sides of the bowl. <laughs> yeah, well. But these are people, I believe, I'm betting they have inner ear problems or something like that where their balance is just completely whacked, whacked out. And they don't understand that bird's eye is supposed to be at the top of the pipe and the bottom of the pipe <laughs> so but and then going back again to trying to answer this question instead of talking about your emotional displacements <laughs> um so we have we have barling and we have sassini that are using the term straight grain and that's probably the first that i mean those two companies are the are the two times that i remember hearing it as you know as the you know the the oldest back in history uh and then we have your your beloved fascination with the Cheriton brand which started really pricing and tier leveling all the different grains and you know and yes. patterns yes and yes. i know you know during during the <laughs> I've known enough people that have met Herman Lane to know that Herman Lane was a marketer. And could it have been Herman Lane that really started pushing the different uh, densities or qualities of the grain to maximize the profits on these more uh, rare pieces? From what I understand, <clears throat> I, 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 that's what I've long believed, to answer your question. From what I understand, the um, the very, very few borrowings that were stamped straight grain and the Sassinis that were stamped straight grain were also at a higher price point than um, their brother and sister pipes. Yeah. But, but I think you're right. I think it was Herman Lane that took it to a whole other level and um, made the... Uh, the straight grain pipe, and not only <clears throat> a uh, curioso, um, but he actually made it, um, you know, a matter of art and achievement in the sense of, you know, capturing straight grain. Yeah. They made it, they, re they really made it an art form. And, I, and I've looked at enough of the <laughs> Sixton Iverson products, uh, you know, Sixton made pipes and the Emil Konowitz pipes, to know that Sixton and, and Emil were not looking for, you know, dead on straight grains every time. Uh, you know. Yeah, I, I would ask. I would add to that was Paul Rasmussen. Um, oh, the, the pipes that I've seen of his didn't seem to have any um, to show any particular preference to capture um, straight grain as well. And, you know, Paul Rasmussen, I don't yeah. need to tell you, he was a contemporary of Sixton and, um, and Emo. Yeah, I just haven't touched enough of his pipes to, to say yeah, that, that, these, that these original Danish masters, yeah, they weren't really looking for grain. And then you get into the Preben Holm era of the Danish, what, I, you know, right. what we call the Danish freehand, and that was specifically designed to follow the grain. And, yeah, that, Absolutely. So, yeah. so you got Conowitz, yeah. uh, you got Sherit, you got Cheriton on one side, and then you got the Danish freehand makers of, you know, of Preben Holm, which under Ben Wade, and then later on Nording, and those guys were just, you know, cutting blocks to accentuate the grain. Uh, yes, and, and then in reality, you know, the the from a business standpoint. <laughs> If you can create some error of exclusivity in a certain amount of your products and get more money for them, the cost of goods is really all the same. You're just making, you know, you're you're just making more money on a certain range of your stuff. 
So, you know, yeah, make that exclusivity. Yeah, I, I, I've, uh, when it comes to that exclusivity that you just mentioned, or I, I refer to this as a particular brand having a mystique. Yeah. If I can put, if I can um, market my brand or um, if I can promote it in such a way as to give it a mystique, um, in the pipe world, I think straight grain is part of that mystique. And if you look at um, the representative pipes of the famous makers, um, you'll see that they are um, trying to build some kind of mystique. Our pipes smoke this way, and you know our, our pipes you know taste this way and burn this way, whatever. And that mystique determines price. Yeah. And pre and prestige. And I believe that straight grain is part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you talk to an artisan pipe maker, you know, I've never heard one of them look at me and say, yeah, here on my table, I've got eight sandblasts. I've got two cross grains. I've got two nice, nicely grained pipes. And I got one straight grain pipe. And this straight grain pipe is going to smoke five times better than all these others on the table. You've never heard that? I've never heard that. Yeah, I've never heard it either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they, you know, in reality, it's with uh, with straight grain. There may be some uh, some smoking benefits to it, but you're more of an expert in that area than I am. Uh, but these pipe makers want to make all their pipes smoke as well as possible. Yes, exactly. And unless you're um, unless you're Cheriton, and then you put the double comfort stem on there, and it doesn't smoke at all. Well, that's why I don't own any double comfort Sheratons. <laughs> um, I collect the Sheratons for the record. I collect the Sheratons from the late 50s, early 60s, before they started into the double comforts. And there's a lot of, uh, how shall we say, pejorative um, descriptions of the double comfort, which I will spare our audience <laughs> from, yes. as they tend to be in, in, how shall we say, poor taste. Um, we, and there is, yes, there is a double entendre there <laughs> Yeah, well, because we, they also, they also tend to be incredibly sulfuric and so they can sometimes taste pretty bad too. The audience of this show is of a higher level than four letter colorful metaphors for what those stems are. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, uh, well, got remember, you got to remember, Brian. I'm very familiar with this because my name is a four-letter word that begins with F. Okay, so this just comes natural to me, you know. They, Freddie is four letters. How'd they do that? <laughs> You're not counting, right? <laughs> oh well. <laughs> All right. Uh, have we covered that topic significantly enough, or thoroughly enough, for you and your vast, you know, your bizarre love of straight greens? <laughs> yeah i think so all right and there you have it there's this week's installment of uh inside fred's head or uh, two doctors dissing on pipes and we'll be back in just a minute hi i'm jeremy reeves head blender of cornell and deal we know pipe smoking is a personal journey that's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, in you know, hope hope you're still enjoying these discussions with Fred. We got more to come too. So, all right, for music, Fourth of July holiday, 
is just behind us. And uh, here's a classic song sung by classic pipe smoker Bing Crosby. He's a Yankee Doodle Dandy, a Yankee Doodle do or die. A real live nephew of his uncle Sam, born on the 4th of July. He's got a Yankee Doodle sweetheart, she's his Yankee Doodle joy. Yankee Doodle came to Iceland just to ride the ponies. He is the Yankee Doodle boy. Yankee Doodle Dandy, a Yankee Doodle do or die, a real live nephew of his uncle Sam, born on the 4th of July, he's got a Yankee Doodle sweetheart, she's his Yankee Doodle joy, Yankee Doodle came to Ireland just to ride the pony. He is the Yankee Doodle. Yip, yip, the Yankee Doodle. He is the Yankee Doodle boy. And there you go, a little patriotic music from uh, probably the uh, most famous pipe smoker of his time. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email it directly to me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com, B R I A N at pipesmagazine.com. Or you can go on to pipesmagazine.com and post it under the radio show, you know, the, the uh, link there. Or you can go into the forums and do it just like these folks did. Like Andy SC83 said regarding last week's show with Nate. Uh, it was great hearing Nate on the show again. I remember listening to the show where you first introduced him way back when I first got into pipes. Hope to own one of his beautiful pipes one day. Yeah. And then uh, Casey Ghost says, Nate is simply a great guy and his steampunk pipes are a joy to behold. Honky Tonk Man from Korea says, Brian, nice interview with Nate. Quite a change of pace going from indie car pit crew to pipe maker. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I took a look at some of Nate's pipes after the show. You can see that he is very much influenced by his past career. The Streamliner is more a work of art than anything else. Real impressive. Good work, Nate. Honky Tonk Man. Glad you liked it. Uh, and then uh, my partner in crime, Dave in LAX, said another great interview. Enjoyed the rant. Grilling out is one of the only things left keeping me from selling our house and buying a condo. I'm so over yard work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Dino says uh, it was great to catch up with the king. Nate's discussion about pipe shows was fun and enlightening. And thanks, Nate, for the kind words about the recent Chicago show. We all worked quite hard to put together a memorable event, and we're pleased that folk had a good time. Uh, make sure, listeners, to sign up for a good time in Columbus, Kansas City, the conclave of Richmond Pipe, show, uh, pipe Smokers, and, of course, Vegas. Uh, then Dino says, Duets with Helen Merrill and Ron Carter is among my favorite albums, and it's a good one to play as you sit outside on a warm summer evening with a bowl and an adult beverage. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Uh, Dino, you're welcome. And it's fun to sit outside and listen to with a sparkling water, too. And then Casey Ghost says again, Nate King is just an enjoyable person to converse with. His steampunk pipes were the stuff of legend. I wish he would make one about every six months or so. Those things were incredible. He is so creative and his use of titanium can be breathtaking. I've owned two or three Nate King pipes, and they all smoked extremely well. I appreciate Nate calling a spade a spade about the Chicago show. It was a very happy event for those that attended, but it was not as well attended as prior events, and there were a number of unsold tables. But it was the first one in three years and at a new venue, and COVID is still with us, so I would still put it down as a rousing success. My appreciation goes out to all who work on the event. They did a great job, and I finally at long last got my list of doctors and masters of pipes. My cat liked the music. <laughs> Good. Music for the cat. That's what we'll call duets. 
And then going over to the emails. So this one came in from uh, Steve, whose uh, collection we've reviewed before. He says, hi, Brian, I have a church warden question for you. This past week, I picked up a new small church warden. I've smoked it a couple of times and have noticed that it has a gurgle. Of course, running a pipe cleaner down the stem and into the shank takes care of it until, until condensation has a chance to build again. At first, I thought it was coming from either the bottom of the bowl or at the stem shank transition. This morning while smoking it, I decided to run a pipe cleaner down the stem to different depths to see where the gurgle might be. I was a bit surprised to find that the gurgle seemed to originate in the stem itself rather than at the bottom of the bowl or at the stem shank transition. Moisture in the smoke seems to be condensing in the bend of the stem. I know you're not a big church warden smoker, but is this something you've encountered or heard of before, Steve? And Steve, yes, I've heard of it and I've encountered it before. And the way I've heard of it and encountered it before is because I used to sell church wardens. Uh, so what happens is when they make the stem, they there's a bend that happens to it. And sometimes they use a metal, uh, uh, they use a shaping device or a metal uh, a metal post to bend over and it can cause a crimp in the air hole. And when you get that crimp in the air hole in the stem, that crimp may not stop a pipe cleaner, but it will create a spot of turbulence in there. Uh, the only suggestion I have for you is, and this depends on the value of the pipe to you, uh, send it off to a pipe repair guy have them straighten out the stem again and smooth out that air hole and then try bending it back. That's the only thing that can be done to it or learn to smoke it with uh, pipe cleaners. All right, and uh, going back to uh, two weeks ago, uh, Bryant writes, Brian, I thoroughly enjoyed the final installment of Storytime with Fred Janusik. Now, just a quick note, that's not the final one. I got one more, one more in my pocket. Uh, then he goes on to say, I could literally listen to the two of you discuss the history of pipes for hours. Fred's fascinating experiences during and prior, the prior to the creation of these now famous pipe swap shows was a great listen. It's hard to imagine those golden days of pipe smoking and collecting, and you guys, and you guys give an insightful and rare look back at such heady times. I thought your musical selection by Queen was excellent and very much in keeping with the underlying theme of this episode. Your musical selections are always interesting and usually quite enjoyable. Good. Uh, as for Father's Day, it sounds like your family did very well by you. I did not get any pipe-related paraphernalia, but I did get two gifts that would make Ash from the, from, uh, the Chaps Guide proud. I received a straw trilby and, a, and brown brogue shoes which are mainstays of his proposed chaps collection. Thank you and keep up the good work, Brian. You are welcome. And uh, hey, if you guys got any more questions for uh, Ash at the Chaps Guide, email them to me and we'll get Ash back again. And then uh, Brian says regarding last week's show, of course I enjoyed your review of your Morgan Bones Lavat. I purchased one of Chris's pipes very early on in my pipe journey and noticed that it smoked very well. I didn't understand why it did at the time, but you laid out the various technical elements very well. I'm not sure I agree with your opinion that an acrylic stem is an, is an improvement or upgrade over an ebonite stem. I myself prefer the softer ebonite and I'm willing to go through the extra steps to keep it looking good. I'm going to interrupt right here. I think I said vulcanite uh, because that's generally what Italy does is vulcanite and the cheaper rubber. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't go back and listen, actually. Uh, then he says, your interview with Nate King was also very entertaining and enlightening. It is a pleasure to hear a pipe maker as talented as Nate still giving credit to the masters who have come before. Standing on the shoulders of giants indeed. Thanks for another great show and keep up the good work. Best regards, Bryant. You are very welcome and thank you. Uh, and then a uh, final note here, uh, Ethan, who <laughs> uh, works at a museum at uh, for a niche thing, it's the Southern Appalachian Paddle Sports Museum in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, and he's also a busy guy. So. And yes, I did make the joke about banjo music and rowing faster because that happened just down the road in Georgia. 
And then lastly, we go over to iTunes for ratings and reviews, which we much, 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 much appreciated. And if you haven't had a chance, please go over there and do that. Uh, Dave in LAX, who I happen to know, and you all know I know, says, I, I look forward to and enjoy the Pipes Magazine radio show on my walk every Wednesday morning. <laughs> and, uh, and as we uh, talk more frequently, I tend to catch him on his walks, too. And then uh, J.H.A. Mathy, Jaha Mathy writes, uh, this show is awesome. As a newbie pipe smoker, I'm learning so much and enjoying the hobby more uh, with each episode. Brian, the host, is constantly engaging and informative guest range from master tobacco blenders to artisan pipes. Thank you very much. Again, those, uh, those reviews are much appreciated. And uh, check out VegasPipeShow.com. I just got some numbers in, and these are, these are quite impressive. Uh, 2,000 visits in June. 12,000 page views since then. Uh, the most popular page views, show admission, hotel reservations, exhibitor lists, Saturday night awards, dinner, and room hopping. And while you're there, in fact, everybody that does a pipe show should go to VegasPipeShow.com and look at my rules and FAQ. Uh, look at the exhibitor list. Look at everything that I've done on there. All right. I've tried to lay out a mo the most comprehensive pipe show website possible, and it's still not pretty. All right. Warning in just a minute. A uh, very uh, spicy and uh, colorful rant. So delicate ears turn off. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Cover your ears, because I'm pissed off at two people. Are you ready? If you're still listening, hold on. Two, two nasty bitches that I hope get karma shoved so far up their backside that they explode into thousands of little tiny pieces. Uh, Saturday morning, my wife's wallet, along with uh, three other ladies, were stolen out of a yoga studio that she goes to, and these, three la these two ladies that perpetrated this were professionals. They knew exactly what they were doing. And within an hour, they attempted to charge about $2,000 worth of gift cards onto a couple of my wife's credit cards. Don't know what they did with everybody else. But anyway, these two criminal thieves, thugs, whatever, bitches, that's what I'm calling them because they are female. We've got pictures of them. Uh, they planned this, and that's what they do. And I hope they die a long, festering death because... Yeah, it might have cost us a couple hundred dollars between the cash that she lost out of her wallet and having to replace all the IDs and everything and stop the credit cards and all the 30, you know, 30 to 40 hours of work that it's going to take to get everything back. These low-life thugs did this, and to the best of our knowledge, all they got was $500 in gift cards. So uh, the moral of the story is, you know, be vigilant because there are thieves out there. There are scum out there. There are bitches like this that do this and play on people. Uh, but the moral of the story is be vigilant. Be as prepared as you can. And at the end of the day, you know what? Shitheads like this are going to come into your life. And the only way that you have to... yeah, The only thing that you can do is be prepared to act and be prepared to act fast. Uh, we were able to get... Uh, information to the police and they were able to get over to walmart and get pictures of the people so i hope these people end up getting caught uh, but just stay vigilant out there and know that you know what bad things are going to happen to good people and there's yeah you can do as much as you can to stop it but at the end of the day you know and i bet i bet if these two women were pipe smokers i bet they wouldn't have done this that's for damn sure 
So there you go. All right. Uh, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Keep an eye out for those JDRF auction items coming up at uh, Steve Fallon's Pipe Stud. Uh, thank you to uh, Fred Hanna for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. The clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy Stop that! Ew, that's not right. Are you done? Huh? Do you have an issue with me? Huh? Do you have an issue with me? Because if I if I have a problem with somebody, I don't pee on them. Okay? All right?